Hello everyone, I'm Claire Kay. Welcome back to the 2020 Psych Podcast, episode 6. Wow, thank you guys so much for going on this journey with us and tuning in each week and listening to what we have to say. Um, As you know, last week we spoke on suicide and suicide prevention, and specifically in college-aged individuals. Today, we are going to be having a continuation of the discussion from last week, and if you are listening today on September 10th, today is actually Worldwide Suicide Prevention Day, so we want to just relay the message that not only do we hope this podcast gives you useful information for both you and your loved ones, we hope that in listening that you might find some encouragement, some hope, some strength within our words that things do get better. Tomorrow is always a new day and we encourage you to keep fighting. Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let my dad introduce himself and we'll go ahead and get into this week's discussion. Hello, my name is Dr. Hernandez and I'm a clinical psychiatrist. So dad, Today is Worldwide Suicide Prevention Day. Um, doing more research, just about trying to trying to see where we can improve on last week's discussion, and trying to see if we missed anything, if there was something that we need to shed more light on. So I have some tips. I've found um, some Instagram pictures that I think would be interesting to kind of show you and get your thoughts on, but is there anything that you want to talk about before we jump into it? Well, I think today we're going to follow up and discuss more about suicide in detail, given that it's a day that makes note of this tragic event. So we will try our best to bring out some uh, facts and figures and, and how to deal with this crisis. So something that has been shared within my bubble of social media over the last week is this post that was created by The Depression Project, um, and that's at Real Depression Project on Instagram. Um, And it's basically a photo, and it just says suicide versus suicidal. And so it says suicide, considered a tragedy, everyone feels bad, everyone is present, Everyone wishes they saw the signs. Everyone wishes they hadn't done it. Versus suicidal, it's considered attention-seeking. Everyone feels irritated. Everyone tries to avoid them. Everyone dismisses them. No one believes they'll ever do it. What are your thoughts? Well, suicide, as you know, affects 50,000 Americans every year. It's something that has become a a national, if not worldwide, critical, tragic event that not only affects individuals, but affects families, uh, communities, and really all of us to some degree or another. I think that most people know someone closely or, or have heard of someone who has taken their life. And it, it leaves a, a tremendous impact 
emotional wise on other survivors and some people can never get over that so it's something that we need to do whatever we can to prevent it from happening just to give some background on world suicide prevention day it was started on september 10th that was that's the official date and it's organized by the international association for suicide prevention over the past years it says that around 70 countries have participated in over 300 activities uh with inter with the international association for suicide um so yeah you're right it's a worldwide issue and it's a worldwide issue that boils down to the individual and how we are individually feeling and something I wanted to ask you was should because you know last week we talked about um, questions you can ask someone that may be at risk my question is how much I, my question is for the person that is scared to ask someone about their suicidal tendencies and suicidal ideation what would you say to those people that might feel scared to intervene well that's been considered a myth that when you ask somebody about suicide that you sort of plant a seed in their head and you may even uh, unwittingly or knowingly encourage them to proceed with that but the fact of the matter is that that's not true. It's important to inquire when you have a doubt or a question or uh, a feeling, a sense that someone is so troubled based on you knowing this person and you see a, a change in them that if it sparks your curiosity, it's a good thing to ask because if it's true, you want to try to get them help. So it's not a it's never a bad idea to ask someone if they're feeling if they've had those thoughts uh, because you need to know because that's the only way that we can that's one of the ways that we can prevent it from happening but we're not going to prevent it if we don't bother to ask we have to be curious because we if if we care about our friends we need to know about their feelings about how uh, they're what they're thinking, if they're making any plans, if uh, they've had changes in their behavior that arouse your concern. So we definitely need to inquire. We cannot be afraid to ask about suicide. So in doing more research on the internet, I found this website called theconversation.com, which basically lists a bunch of different questions to ask. And on the website, it says, um, that these questions could be asked for people eight and older. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, one of the things they say, so they give you six questions and they say, um, the second question is, have you had, have you actually had any thoughts about killing yourself? And they say that if their answer is yes, um, to ask the following questions, the follow up questions of like, well, have you thought of a plan? Do you plan to carry out this plan? Um, but then they say that if they say no, um, you, you don't ask those questions. And instead, you skip to the last question, 
which is in the past three months, have you done anything, started to do anything, or prepared to do anything to end your life? What do you think about that? Because that's on the internet. Well, I think that universal screening, as it's, as it's called, is useful. And some hospitals are using that for every patient that walks into their doors. They'll do a suicide screen assessment. And the last questions such as the ones you just mentioned. So it's a good thing to inquire. And if you do this in a format that's structured, I think that's a good thing. Uh, the more you ask, the more uh, people that are evaluated, obviously the more people you're gonna find and subsequently the more people you can help. What would you say, where do you direct someone if they need help? Like, if I have a friend who I'm in casual conversation with and they feel so comfortable enough to maybe make a slight comment to me that might suggest something, or they just blatantly tell me that they are feeling down, where can I or can anyone else whose friend does this to them where where can we direct them to well it depends if your friend tells you that they're thinking they're hurting themselves right then and there then that constitutes an emergency so you need to get immediate help you got to get them into an emergency room where they can get uh, an immediate evaluation uh, to rule out that they're having eminent thoughts or hurting themselves but if it's something that's not so urgent they should speak to their doctor and maybe Go through their insurance company to get a therapist. Sometimes you don't need a referral from your primary care doctor. Maybe you can call your insurance company to get a therapist. But if that's not even an option because you don't have insurance, then there's always a local Department of Mental Health that you can reach out to. And there's always 800 numbers. There's always hotlines that will get you immediate help if, if necessary. And again, if it's not immediate, there's always uh, other forms of help that are not dependent on your financial status. So help is usually available, I'd like to say universally, even though I'm not sure that that's true, but definitely in the United States, it's, it should be available for everyone. Yeah, I will put the hotline number in the description, but for those that don't know it, it's 1-800-273-8255, and that is 24-7 free and confidential support for people in distress, prevention, and crisis resources for you and your loved ones, um, all available right there, and that's for the U.S. Okay, so some of the tips that I found online for suicide prevention tips, if you have a friend that approaches you and is of concern, uh, one of the things they say is don't discount their feelings, which obviously is something that we should try not to do we should always try to make people around us feel validated and what they feel um it also says to look at suicide as a cry for help obviously someone if any comment should always be taken seriously well if you're a professional it can be a little unsettling but if you're not a professional i can see it being very unsettling when somebody wants tells you that, that they're thinking of hurting themselves so it's it's something that it's hard to sort of uh, grasp. It's sort of hard to understand. It's it, it's sort of something difficult that's really hard to deal with. So I could see why 
a lot of people would rather choose not to deal with it, to ignore it, to not validate somebody else's feelings because you don't really know what to do. Uh, and so that's the difficult part. And that's why it's a good thing that discussions are, or we're opening up, uh, and I'm not just saying you and I, but it's, it's a worldwide thing, and we're talking about it. And we have to be open about it because we can't be afraid to discuss it. We can't be afraid to hear about it. And we need to know what we can do to help one another. So I think that these forums are a good thing to bring awareness because the more we are aware that this happens, that it's very common and it's very tragic, we'll be better able to deal with it, prepare for it, and to keep it from happening. I agree. And one thing I wanted to can touch on was something that I asked last week about risk factors and how how is it that some some individuals that have the same risk factors don't fall into uh, depressive episodes, into suicide ideation. Um, It'd be interesting just to like talk about that because on one end someone could be going through whatever it is they're going through and have these depressive thoughts, these suicidal thoughts, and another student or another person their age might have similar circumstances, if not worse. They might have it even worse and they're not um, having these thoughts. So what's what differentiates between those individuals is it genetic predisposition to this to these diseases or what 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 are your thoughts well to a certain degree i think it's a matter of resiliency and people cope in different ways and of course what we keep talking about or what we keep mentioning about that underlying all of this is also uh, drug abuse that when you're feeling down, when you're feeling hopeless, lonely, when you're suicidal, uh, if one person decides to cope with it by using a, a substance, whatever it might be, that may be what gets them, disinhibits them to the point where they actually go ahead and do what, the, what they were thinking about doing. Whereas another individual who has, has the same stressors, who does not uh, become intoxicated and subsequently disinhibited, will not do. So again, drugs of abuse can cause depression in and of themselves, and again, they're disinhibiting. So again, there's different factors. I'm not, I'm not saying that's the only one, but that seems to be a very common one, uh, drug abuse, substance abuse, and uh, that needs to be eliminated. That needs to be stopped when people are in despair, when they're distraught, when they're feeling very depressed and lonely and, and contemplating hurting themselves. It's interesting you bring up drug abuse because it made me think about a few conversations I had last summer um, before I was going into my final year at, in college. Uh, I was talking to a few of, uh, students, pe- you know, people my age, and we were talking about, you know, it was summer, we were having fun, smoking a lot of weed, and one of the things that I brought up was like, yeah, during the school year I tried not to smoke because I need to focus on my studies and I get anxious and I it's just better if I don't and some 
something that was said was, oh, actually during the school year, I smoke even more because I'm so stressed out and I'm so, um, over, I'm so overstretched. I'm so occupied with so much stuff that I need that substance to relax me. Um, which I think is interesting because here I am saying like, oh, I, I can't do that because I know that it, it'll just, it'll just get too much for me. And then there's other people that are like, well, actually, no, when I'm in high stress, I need weed or I need another substance to help me get by. Well, as we've touched on before, many substances such as alcohol and cannabis can decrease anxiety. And when you're in a stressful environment, such as college, you will get very anxious just given the pressures of succeeding. You have to be uh, somewhat of an overachiever to get ahead because that's just how competitive college is and trying to get a good job and so forth. So many people, and not just students, will look for other avenues to relieve their anxiety. And it seems somewhat convenient in some ways to uh, be under the influence of alcohol or cannabis or any other drug. So, again, it's about coping styles, and it's healthy ones versus unhealthy ones. And there's other ways to cope with anxiety that do not involve drugs or substances. And, and so, for a vulnerable patient population, I think it, it's important for professionals to point out that you have to treat your anxiety with healthier methods than, than using these uh, substances or drugs. You, you mentioned healthier methods, and I 100% agree, but this is actually something I was talking about with a friend of mine, um, just about we're not taught these healthier methods. We're not taught these healthier methods until we are 18, until we're older and we're off to college, or I, I, I personally just feel like in school when I was... A little elementary school kid I feel like these methods of like meditation exercise healthy things were not instilled in my school in my immediate community what and don't get me wrong like I'm not saying that wasn't like encouraged at home of course it was but school is like the save the School is a safe haven. It should be a safe haven for all kids. And the fact that we're not taught these values at such an early age, I think, affects us when we're 18. You know, that's an interesting point. Uh, I, I recently spoke with a colleague of mine who had asked me to see one of his patients. And he told me, this doctor, that he employs the biopsychosocial model, which, of course, is a very comprehensive, uh, holistic, very comprehensive approach to human care, to, to medicine. But when you, as I've heard you formulate this question about how, why we're not taught these uh, mental health methods in, uh, or, or healthy anxiety alleviating techniques, if you will, as when we're in grade school, that, that's interesting because we do go through, we do, everybody does physical education. We all have to do PE, exercise, and so forth. So there's a focus on the physical, but there, you're right. There's a lack of emphasis on the emotional, the mental, the psychological. 
and that's something that maybe moving forward we need to address at the grade school level because it's 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 part of who we are we're not just physical beings we have emotions we have there's a spiritual side to us so it's not just the physical part there's a lot more to us than that i mean i was ta literally talking about this last week of like our pe teachers in grade school were overweight like and that's to say so like we had that um like you just said like oh pe like that's emphasized but not even like bare minimum like we're not taught about how important it is to move your body and how physically when you move your body that literally makes happy chemicals in your brain and like alleviates stress and promotes happiness like those aren't things that we're taught that I feel like are fundamentals that set you up for the rest of your life so like if we want to talk about suicide prevention we have to talk about how you prevent that as early as five six years old when you're in school and you're learning about how to be compassionate and how to be self-aware Again, that's a good point, and I'm glad you, you brought us back to the suicide prevention because that's a topic in and of itself, I think, about growing up healthy. Um, we, as an, I think, as a society, need to encourage more healthy habits when we're kids, you know, because if you're taught these things when you're little, you grow, hopefully will grow up having uh, positive and healthy lifestyles and um attitude so I think that it's something that should be stressed uh, in, in childhood even in infancy for that matter yeah it's just it's hard you know that topic kids in and of itself is so um, we can go on and on just about you know lack of resources in certain communities that I mean I think it's 40% of uh, kindergartners that are Latino are missing from school right now because they don't have access to virtual learning because Wi-Fi and things like that and so it's like the list goes on so I, I just hope that our podcast can help make some type of change happen you know I, I don't know well it's about bringing awareness and that's what it's all about. I think it's these are topics that we need to discuss. We need to be open about them. And we encourage our audience to think about this, to uh, bring questions. If uh, you have concerns, uh, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll do what we can to try to bring some light to certain subjects, whatever, whatever it is we can. I want to thank you all for listening to this week's episode and our continued conversation on suicide i just want to reiterate that you are not alone you have me you have this podcast if you ever feel alone or like you need to talk to someone please message me on our, our instagram 2020 psych i will always answer if you have any other concerns um, if you want to hear us talk about something else, if you want us to go back to a previous episode, just let us know. Um, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day wherever you are.